Today we're sitting down with photographer Samantha Brooke to talk about her Grumpy Goldens, winning the Orvis dog catalog competition, and why life happens between the posed images. Well, we're super excited to have you on the podcast. And I I found you through the Orvis like dog catalog cover competition. Like yeah. I, I saw Aspen's photo and I was like, oh, that's so cool. Then I, I looked you up. It took like a little bit of sleuthing on Google, but eventually I found your Instagram and then I found your, your website. And I love that you are a photographer. It's not just that you have these beautiful dogs, but you're a photographer yourself. And I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about, you know, who you are and how you got your start with photography. Yeah. So, um, I do photography. It's very part-time, but I consider myself a lifestyle photographer. Um, and then obviously I'm a, a fur mama to Cohen, Lily, Aspen, um, passed away in 2019, but she's originally who was like my star. Um, so in the beginning and, and still to this day, I focused on, um, lifestyle and pet photography, a little bit of adventure photography when I, um, you know, had more time on the weekends and can go out and about. Um, but you know, it's kind of focused on lifestyle to date and I, I lump pet photography in there. Um, so, you know, through that journey of becoming a, a photographer part-time, I, you know, used Aspen um, as my kind of model because my husband wasn't always willing to model for me. He hates pictures, um, which is fine. I totally get it. I wouldn't model either. Um, but Aspen was obviously, you know, very willing. And she, you kind of quickly understood that she was a complete ham in front of the camera. And it didn't hurt that she was very food motivated. So she would work for food. Um, and if I had something in my hand that was edible and just placed it wherever, like she was following it. Um, it makes so, such a big difference if they're food made, motivated, like everything is easier. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. And like, you know, even if your dog is toy motivated, certainly anything that's going to get their attention, right? I mean, if they're not motivated by either of those, you got to find what's going to be their kind of, you know, what they're going to work for. But Aspen was really good about food. So it made it very easy. And so, you know, through that, that's how I kind of developed my love for photography and just practicing with it. Uh, and, you know, now my, my goals have changed a little bit now that I have two kids. And I mean, I still have my full-time job, which is my focus during the week. Um, but, you know, my goal is still the same in terms of just capturing images full of emotion, you know, whether it's uh, kids laughing together on the playground or, um, you know, a dog mom being attacked by their pet with kisses, uh, you know, it, it can kind of range, but I basically want to capture that life kind of happens between those posed images. Uh, whereas in the beginning I was very much focused on like posed images. Uh, it, it's kind of morphed into more of a, um, I don't want to use the spontaneous word spontaneous. Or... Spontaneous. Yeah. That's probably a good word. Spontaneous. It's so interesting to hear somebody like break this down who has professional experience doing this I, like I don't think we've had a conversation like this yet like most people are you know hobbyist photographers the way Adi and I take photos of our dog but just like understanding mm -hmm. there's like a real it's not just random that you get the images that you do like you have a process and it's like a process and like clearly like natural talent for this that gets those those beautiful shots um could you tell us a little bit more about the Orvis catalog covers because people go crazy over that competition like I know people who wait for it they submit tons of photos of their dogs they get super into it obviously most people don't win it so like what's what's the background how did you find out about it how did you decide that you were going to participate 
Yeah, I'm I'm trying to like, you know, in the beginning, I mean, I think I first submitted in like 2015, 2016, I can't remember the exact date. Um, I've only submitted to two different catalogs, which Aspen had two separate images in. Um, so the first one, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming it was more like social media driven, but like I certainly, um, like there are certain products at Orvis that I like to follow. So I know the brand in general. Um, and so with the kayaking picture, because it was so popular on Instagram and because I loved it so much, I was like, I'm just going to submit this and see like where it goes, um, which that was the first one that uh, made it in. And then the second time it was just, I had submitted, um, I was going to submit an image again, just because of like how, like if you nail if you nail a shot, you kind of know like, wow, I think a lot of people are going to like this. And this is kind of just different. And this was the time when we went hiking on humpback rocks. It was at sunrise and Aspen is like on the rocks and there's just like windswept. I mean, it looks like there's like just you know, a, a fan in front of her just like blowing her hair and it's like, a Hollywood style photo. I mean, yeah. it's just incredible that that you did not have a team there lighting that for you. And there was no fan. Like, it's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so it was just kind of one of those times where you're like, hmm, I think that like that could do it. Um, so I submitted that again, but I don't think I've submitted any since. Um, so it was kind of just like, you know, let's just see where this goes. <laughs> And then how did you find out that you won? Like, what's the process like for everybody who's like, oh my God, I wish this was me. How do I win? Like, what, what happens when you find out that you win? And like, what, what happened next with you and Orvis? Yeah, they just email you to let you know, like you've been selected as a winner and kind of like the next steps and what have you. Um, so it, you know, I know some people go into it trying to like, I think there's like a vote generation as well. Like I never did that hype. Um, I just didn't do that um so it was more or less like a lot of silence until i got that email um so i know that's a little anticlimactic but that's it's literally an email and they kind of let you know next steps and then you're waiting for it to actually be published like in their stores which it's been interesting because so i'm from charlottesville virginia and there's an orvis there um and I remember going in and like one of my images was like blown up and I was like, that's my dog. <laughs> and they're like, really? So it's kind of cool to see it come, you know, just kind of like real life, right? Like your work is printed. A lot of the times like we, you know, look at images on phones and like on the internet, but it's something really special to like actually see something printed. Um, so that was kind of meaningful to me is just like seen in real life and seen yeah, something you can hold and feel and yeah, that's, yeah. I, I used to write for a living full time and it was the same thing. If I was print, if my article was published online versus in print, it always felt so much different being able to hold the actual paper in my hands. Yeah. It's something physical. Like I did this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So it was, it was special. And then I think um, with that first image, I don't think with the second one, with the first one, they had like a, a book come out, like the Dogs of Orvis. Actually, I think it's in the other room. But I didn't even know about it until one of my followers told me. They were like, yeah, your dog's in that book. And I'm like, really? So I didn't even know about it. I went out and bought it. And yeah, Aspen's image was in there. So that was kind of cool as well. Um, I don't know if they do that every year and I'm just ignorant about it. Um, but when you started for doing photography, with uh Cohen Lily how were they different as far as their personalities go when you started uh focusing on your photography on them 
Yeah, Aspen's been very, it was very different than Koa and Lily. Um, so Koa came into the picture, and you might hear them, they're kind of rolling around on the ground in front of me. Um, Koa came into the picture in 2015. Um, so he's approaching seven. He is a little more serious and not as motivated <laughs> to post for pictures. Uh, similar in the sense that Lily, you know, I was thinking, oh, maybe, you know, maybe Lily will be like Aspen and, you know, really take to the camera and just kind of smile. But both of them are just very, like, serious. <laughs> um, so what's changed is my focus is more on, like, grumpy goldens. Um, so I <laughs> they'll just that. be in, like, the really picturesque goldens. scenes when I actually can get out and go hiking um, and then just, like, look kind of miserable in them. Um, whereas Aspen would be like, this is the best thing ever and my hair is flowing and I'm a model on top of this mountain. Like, Lily and Koa are, like, you know, the kids that you kind of force to go on family vacations and they're like, I don't want to be here. Um, so it's a little bit different. Uh now, the one one way I can get them like a little more like happy looking, even though they are happy, obviously, um, is just like wearing them out so that they're just panting and they're happy in a picture. So it's just it's a little bit different setup that's required. That's that funny because so my dog, she always looks sad. I, yeah. I'm always wondering if I did if I'm doing a good <laughs> job. Am I a good dog mom? Yeah. What can I do to make her smile? But the some of my favorite photos of Ruthie are when we've been running around all day and I and she has her tongue hanging out panting and I'm like she looks happy we're gonna yeah. take a photo here looks, she looks yeah. like she's having a good time <laughs> why goldens like what about this breed resonated with you you know connected with you yeah I mean I think for all the stereotypical reasons right like very loyal family dogs um energetic originally I was like really excited to have um, our first golden aspen, because I was like, oh, we're going to go on long runs together. Like, she's going to be, you know, I grew up with a dachshund. So, like, you're not going on, like, you know, runs with a dachshund. <laughs> um, so I was like, oh, it's going to be, like, I'm going to go hiking and do all of these activities and run. And I quickly learned that each one of my goldens had no desire to run um, <laughs> unless they were, like, chasing a ball. So it kind of pivoted into, like, hiking and what have you. But yeah, I'd still say like the same reasons apply where it's like they can adventure with you, like they can keep up with family activities. Um, and then obviously they're very, they're very friendly and loyal. I've always, I've personally have always loved Goldens because I feel like they have such goofy personalities for the most part. I've never met a Golden that didn't look happy or like it was yeah. having a good time, I feel like. <laughs> yeah. They just, they always look like they're just enjoying life yeah they're like kind of the life of the party you know yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's that. why when you said that aspen would ham it up for the camera like that's what i would expect from you know a lot of goldens just like i don't know having like they're they're so aware of what's around them and i think understanding that they're being focused on and they just they love it like they're just basking in the yeah. glow of of your attention do you have any favorite images from those early days you know, with Aspen, from some of those first photos that you took of her? Yeah, you know, I think there was one, and like, like photography-wise, it's not like the best shot image, like highest quality image, but there was certainly one of the first images that I took of her was um, the Blue Ridge Parkway, like 
close to Charlottesville, Virginia, but it's um, a very famous overlook called Raven's Roost. And if you look at my Instagram feed, you'll see like a lot of images from this overlook. There's like this one lone tree and then there's a mountain backdrop. Um, But I took Aspen there and I had her up on, uh, like they have a stone wall. So I had her up on there and I'm taking pictures of her and she just like so regal. She just puts her head up in the, like her nose up in the air and it's just like the wind's flowing. And she just looks like, you know, she's like on top of the world. So that was probably one of my first like memorable pictures of like, oh, she's like kind of a good model. And this is kind of a neat backdrop in terms of like, I could go hiking with her and then like take images of her at the top and it would have this like happy regal look to it. So I'd say that's one of the most memorable. And then the other one would be the Orvis cover that you're talking about. Cause um, I think, well, I had two. So the first Orvis cover I had was Aspen in a kayak um, and that, probably was one of the most impactful in terms of like my journey with photography just because of um like taking pictures in different settings but also just in terms of that image of kayaking with aspen very very much resonated with my um audience and they really enjoyed anytime i would take a picture of her kayaking in different scenes they it just I guess it made people happy. Um, so that was probably pretty memorable and that was pretty early on. Has has your husband felt relief that he is no longer the model <laughs> that you've had, you've been able to redirect your energy into your children, to your dogs, as far as making them the subjects of your lens? Yeah, I would say, and I've heard this is pretty common with photography spout or partners um, is, uh, he would prefer the camera to go away altogether just because it was like, oh, we can't just go on a hike. Like, we've got to bring the camera along and we've got to stop and take pictures. Um, but I think he's very relieved that most of the time I'm not asking him to take a picture. Do you ever do you ever feel like your dogs know that you're taking photos too and they're just like, okay, mom, not another one? Because I get that sense from my dog sometimes or she'll like, I'm she has a perfect pose. As soon as I pull my camera out, she moves from it. It's like she yeah. knows and she's like, no, I'm not, I'm not allowing you to document every single thing. I'm tired of you taking photos of me. Yeah. I'm tired of being your, your main focus of, of your day. Just chill. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, if only they could speak, I am sure that's what they'd be saying. It's funny because now my three-year-old son is obviously very vocal and he'll be like, no camera, no pictures. <laughs> no video it's like I've just like taken the camera out I haven't even done anything but he's vocalizing like no I know what's happening here and I don't want a part of it um so they my son vocalizes it when my dogs can't but that's certainly yeah or they're just like okay get this over with (laughs) like where's my food (laughs) they get their mopey faces on you mentioned um your audience and who was that early audience were you posting on facebook or instagram who was enjoying your photos yeah i would say it was mostly instagram um and i never really had a professional account but like the few times that i switched over just to see it seemed like it was mostly um like I don't know how they segment it, but like 20 to, you know, 35 year olds. But I certainly have like a a good range of viewers Um, and then mostly like East Coast, a lot of obviously Virginia, um, but a good amount in like the bigger cities like New York City and and stuff as well. So it seems like it was predominantly female. Um, 
All right, Lisa. Which I think Instagram is, generally speaking, as like a demographic. I've I've seen those like data points, whatever those are worth. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, I would say that that was pretty much the focus um, is females that are very interested in dogs in general. And in an outdoor lifestyle as well, which I mean, yeah. your photos do such a beautiful job of capturing. I mean, I, I, I'm going to come back to this in a little bit, but your photos, I mean, you just want to step into them and be in them in a way that I, you don't always want to with other, I feel like, images of dogs and, and whatnot. Okay. But yeah, it's, they're incredible. And going off of what Anya said, like Goldens have such a strong cultural identity, you know, in our society, they are, you know, they're loyal, they're smart, they evoke like a family lifestyle, they evoke adventure, and that definitely comes through in in your work. Is there anything else that you've learned about Goldens that maybe surprised you in your journey with them? You know, I think not in terms of like qualities. I mean, I think all the stereotypes of like um, what a golden is is very true. Um, and I was talking to my husband about this like a few weeks ago. Um, I would say for me, and I don't know how to describe this, so it's probably not a great answer, but like with Aspen, it was just like, you know, I had come from having um, a dachshund growing up, and then my parents had a German Shepherd um, while I was in college. but. Um, obviously I, I didn't grow up with her, but I knew her. Um, and then my dog, Aspen was my first. And so I felt like Goldens are very like human-like and I don't know how to like define one over the other, but like my dog Max growing up with my dachshund, um, was very much a dog. Um, and I don't know how to describe it other than like, you know, do, do dog-like things. Um in terms of how it behaved. Whereas Aspen was a little more human-like where like I felt like she was a human that I could talk to and have a conversation with and she would like respond. I don't know if that makes sense at all, but it just does. like, I mean, I think it was <laughs> like the sense. comfort and the warmth of her and how loyal she was, was just very like human-like. And I'm not saying like all dogs are, I mean, not all dogs, but many dogs are obviously very loyal and like um, you know, committed to their humans, but I just felt like it was a different level with Aspen. I was um, giggling when you mentioned, you know, talking to Aspen, having those conversations with her, and I'm going to mortify Anya here for a moment because uh, she told me, Anya, what, what happened the other night with you and Ruthie? You were talking to her in your sleep? Oh, yeah, my boyfriend, I woke up in the, in the morning and my boyfriend was on the couch and I said, what are, you, what are you doing here? And he goes, you and Ruthie were sleep talking to each other. You were having a oh, no. full on conversation <laughs> and I didn't want to interrupt. You guys wouldn't stop talking and you That's would funny. say something and then she would say something <laughs> and I, I had to go to the couch. There was nowhere <laughs> else for me to go but the couch. <laughs> Naturally, obviously. <laughs> That's and funny. What was crazy was a couple of nights later, like Anya told me the story, and then my husband was talking to our dog in his sleep. And really? it woke both of us up. Yeah, he was, we have like a nickname for Smudge. And um, he was saying Smudge's nickname. I'm like, what is going on? Like, there must be, I don't know what's going on, like Mercury and retrograde or whatever the dog planet is, but something <laughs> weird has been happening. <laughs> Yeah, oh my God. yeah. We Ruthie and I definitely have full on conversations with each other. She she makes little grumbling noises, and I'm sure I know she's trying to communicate something to me. Yes. One day I will decode it. One I day I will I will decode it. 
don't know. I'm like, I wish they could talk. Going back to your photos, you know, you capture these, I mean, just beautiful, spontaneous connections between dogs, people, and the spaces that they inhabit together. And I think when we look at your photos, they tell stories. That's truly, there's storytelling in all of the photos of yours that, you know, I've looked at online. And I was wondering if you could speak to that a little bit. Yeah. Um, so I will say like, it's interesting. So I, I graduated undergrad in 2010. Um, and I felt like that was kind of, and this is my shallow knowledge, but I feel like that was like the start of like the big, like blog push, like blogs were huge. Instagram was starting to roll into the scene. Um, Facebook was still popular and there was very much a focus, um, like as a young 20 something in a serious relationship, like the focus was on like style me pretty and like all these like wedding um, inspired blogs and oh, Pinterest was also getting bigger. Um, so like just this idea or this sense of perfection and like posed everything, right? Um, that's how I started getting into photography where I was like, I wanna take these pretty pictures. Um, and very much in the beginning of my journey, it was creating this, you know, sense of, this, this perfect sense of the world, so to speak. Um, it, what I learned obviously is one, like that, that's very hard unless you have like models. I mean, certainly you can create some of those images with people um, that aren't models, like, but it's very hard with dogs um, to achieve that. And then two, when you layer in, you know, babies and toddlers and you have this mix of like kids with dogs, like it starts to become this beautiful mess and a chaotic, beautiful mess, right? So you can't really achieve this like posed perfect sense uh, of the world, which I learned is one, not something that I wanted to showcase in my images. And so the focus then became on, you know, not achieving this perfect posed image, but more or less like getting that spontaneous image uh, between trying to get the posed images. So like I might get a group you know, a family and their dogs together in one setting, but I kind of let it evolve from there in terms of, um, you know, getting like the interesting interactions or like the playful images. And so that, that became the focus is, you know, being able to achieve um, like the perfect image through the beautiful mess. Um, and so it turned from, you know, the posed images to more of like that lifestyle imagery. Um, and, and that became the focus is authenticity. And I'm not saying the post isn't authentic. It's just much harder when you start, you know, throwing in all these variables. Um, so I wanted my audience to kind of feel the emotion by looking at the images. Um, and, and hopefully I'm starting to move more in that direction, but that, that is my objective and my focus. When you started focusing a lot of your photography on your animals and just animals in general, what, how do you think people respond to your photography that's where the subject is an animal versus when the subject is a human? Do you mean, um, so to clarify, do you, are you asking how like a, like my audience is responding to an image that has just dog versus yeah, dog. Yeah, yeah. I guess as far as just, I mean, in general, when when your lens is focused on your dogs, do you feel like people 
react or respond differently in your comments than when you post a picture of your child, for instance, or if it's just a landscape? So Instagram is obviously very interesting. Well, I mean, any business, right? Like you need to have a very uh, focused audience. Um, And so my audience over the years has been very focused on just dogs. Um, At the same time, my audience is very similar to me in that they're starting to get older. They're starting to have um, different types of families and they're starting to have kids potentially. Um, so when I had James about three years ago and I had him in some of the images, uh, and I usually tried to make it more private in the sense that maybe it was his back or like side facing. So it wasn't like full on profile. Um, like some of the, some of the audience that had been loyal to me with the dogs could really relate to it cause they were going through a similar, um, transition. Um, but then, you know, the other, larger percentage was like, no, 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 I just want dogs. Um, So I would say like, I, because of privacy concerns, but also I think because it's not in my audience's main interest, I've stayed away from including kids. I did set up like a second Instagram just to showcase some of my lifestyle work, but, um, and so some people have certainly followed me over there, but I'm just inconsistent with posting. So I'd say in general, most of my audience has been like, I just want dogs. Like when I scroll through my Instagram feed, I just want to see dogs and I don't care about kids. Um, so I've stayed away from it for that reason. Do you get messages from people as far as them appreciating you showing the journey of your animals along with your children as well? And what what is a general response that people have to following your page if they've been following it for a really long time? Yeah, I certainly think so. Um, I'll say like there's two different types of people that have followed me from the beginning. Um, Those that definitely relate with that kind of transition and um, can align with how priorities shift or just life shifts. Um, You know, I obviously when I was in my 20s without kids, I could easily go to the Blue Ridge Mountains and you know, go hiking and take all these beautiful pictures, it, it becomes more challenging when you start layering in kids. Um, not to say that you still can't do those things, but that combined with, you know, uh, my full-time job, my career, and getting more responsibilities there, more maybe stress or, you know, more workload, it's hard to kind of balance everything. And so I think there's an appreciation for that from some of my long-term um, followers, uh, and then the other side is like, where, you know, where's Lily and Koa? Like, we want more pictures. Um, so it's, it's a, it's a mix. Um, but then, you know, on top of it, social media, the social media landscape is changing and Instagram's changing in terms of a focus on videos and the algorithm there. And it's really interesting because I pulled my audience members recently as like, do you want more images? Do you want like these reels or these videos? I'm like a, a very overwhelming response was like, I think it was like 50, 50, which I didn't anticipate, but they were like, no, I just want the images. Um, and so I don't know if it's like my specific audience and I don't know the demographic, but like maybe they're getting their videos on TikTok or they just aren't into like the, these videos, which can be very addictive. Um, it's very easy to get into a time suck of like these pure, perfectly curated like video reels, like hitting your um, feed and you just get, you know, sucked into time with it. But 
it's, um, you know, a lot of different variables are happening where it, it's changing the landscape of social media, how people use it. I mean, I have a lot of friends that are just like, I had to get off of social media altogether because it's just like this, you know, toxic um, environment for me. Whereas others are like, well, I'm branching out into TikTok and all these new like social media platforms. And so it's hard to stay on top of it all, especially when it's like your part time job. Um, but, you know, it, it's nice to stay connected with those that have supported me from the beginning. And like, I have a very strong group of people that like still, you know, comment, they still message me daily. And um, it's nice to have that kind of support. And it's interesting. I, you know, I've definitely thought about uh, getting rid of social media at many points of my life. And mm -hmm. I went through a, a deep cleanse on my own um, account as far as who I was following and what I was following. And now 90% of the accounts that I follow on Instagram are one of just my friends in general, but also just animal accounts because I, I want to see happy things when I go on social media. The news is already hard enough as it is. And yes. for me, the animal world on the social side is a really good place for me personally to just escape um, so that I can just kind of go into a very happy place for a little bit and do my little scroll, send some pictures, some videos to Julia as we often do and, and just... Yeah. Yeah. just escape from reality and I think you know social media I think used to be that and for some people you can still tailor it to that if you're if you're careful around the accounts that you follow yes I know I 100% agree with that which I think is like another reason why I mean like I certainly didn't want to include my kids just because it's like privacy concerns um but another part was like, I don't want to create this like false sense of like, my life is so perfect and like things are so easy because like it's, it you know, everyone goes through life and it's um, ups and downs. And I think social media can be really toxic um, in terms of like the comparison game. Um, it's very easy to get sucked into that. And so for me, it's like, it's much easier to just like stick to dogs where it's like, just, it seems a little more black and white in terms of like, that's just a cute dog and it makes me happy. And like, someone's not sitting there and being like, oh, like, look at this dog's grooming and like, you know, look at where they're going. Like, you know, it, it's, it's a little bit different in terms Five star of- Five-star dog hotel and the yeah, yeah, room yeah. service doggy kibble bowl. Oh, we've seen that. Yeah. Well, and that <laughs> was one of my concerns. I mean, I've stopped taking on sponsorships, but like it was one of my concerns with like even just like going different places to hike. I was like, I don't want people thinking like I've got this like jet setting, you know, <laughs> like every day I'm going somewhere new. Like it's, you know, I like go one place maybe once a month, not even that anymore, but like and then I just take a bunch of pictures, you know, and it's it's somewhere local. I'm not like jet setting to Hawaii with my dog in first class or anything like that. Um, but that's where like the use of social media and like using my dogs has felt like safest for me or like healthiest. And it looks different for every person. I don't think like social media is inherently good or bad. It's it's how you use it, and it's totally unique to each person. So for me personally, it was safest and healthiest for me to just focus on dogs um, and you know, just happy, happy or grumpy golden series <laughs> images. Totally. And I, I'm looking at two photos of yours that I think are, it was hard to pick favorites, but I have two in particular that I just wanted to share. And I actually think one of these might be on your wall behind you in a frame, oh. but it's a photograph of, I, I think it's you 
and you have a backpack on, you're standing mm-hmm. on a mountaintop, and you've got two goldens with you. You know, there's this dark silhouette. It's hard to make out features, but we know that it's a person and and two dogs, and you're giving one of them a kiss on the nose. And in the background, you have these absolutely beautiful mountains and a, a ray of sunlight coming in through the trees. Where was that photo taken? Yeah, so that, um, and I, I think a version of it is up there. Um behind me, but that's Raven's Roost. Um, so that's that overlook on Blue Ridge Parkway that I was talking about. And I think what's really special to me about this image, um, there were many times where I had planned to have a silhouette of like Aspen and I against like the mountains or, or something of that nature. And it's, it's, um, it's hard to nail that, but it's also, I mean, you really have to plan for that image, like in terms of like weather and location, um, and what have you. So it never really worked out until I took that, um, I think it was mid May or no, it was towards the end of May, 2019. Um, and I went out with Aspen and Koa and my son is in the, is in the backpack. Um, it's like a baby carrier, uh, backpack. Oh my goodness. Bag. That's a baby. Yes. I that. Um, <laughs> yeah. So that's James. <laughs> yeah, that's, um, so that's James on my back. And I got that image and that actually happened to be like my last like hike. It wasn't really a hike. It was an overlook with Aspen because that, that weekend is when we learned that she was sick. So like it, it was like, I don't want to say like a final image, but like it was the one image I really wanted. And I'm so happy it worked out in terms of when it did. Um, so it's an incredible photo. I mean, it's just that tiny little faint touch between your two noses is like, it's so good. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's it's very meaningful. And I'm I'm happy I have it of her. One of my favorite photos is actually one where you're giving tips to people on how to take photos of their dogs and your dogs are stand, standing in front of a camera. And <laughs> I, I I it's such a cute photo, first of all, of just them posing in front of your camera perfectly, but also very helpful. Um, one question that I do have as far as when you are taking photos of other people's animals, how do you adjust yourself to the animal? Okay. Like you're meeting this animal for the first time. This owner wants some really great photos of their dog. How do you build that connection with that animal to, to get the shot? Yeah. So I'd say a few things. Um, before I even meet with the family and have the session, I do send out like a questionnaire. So that's like the start of my photography workflow is a, a questionnaire. So I, you know, ask simple things like in terms of like, what's their personality? Like, you know, how are they motivated? Is it a toy treat? Um, do they have any favorite uh, treats or toys that you want to involve and, and so forth? And what kind of words do they respond to? So I can start getting to know um that animal ahead of time. And the same thing actually applies for kids and and people in general. So give me a sense of who they are beforehand. Um, So that when I meet them, I kind of have an idea of what kind of dog they are. Um, And I can start kind of um, forming that relationship at the beginning. I'd say one thing that I've seen challenging for photographers, and this is from, you know, even just me being like the subject is, uh, you kind of have to establish yourself as the boss early and someone that they can trust uh so actually that goes for kids and and dogs but um i make sure like in the beginning like they know that they're not gonna be able to just like steamroll me (laughs) 
<laughs> in terms of like I, I know what kind of commands they'll respond to and I'm going to use them early just to establish like, hey, we're going to work the same way that you work with your human. Um, now, I will say like some dogs aren't, you know, well-trained and that's fine. We can work through that as well. Um, but if they are, then I can establish that early and kind of uh, establish that trust. And then obviously if they're toy or treat motivated, I include that right away um, so that they kind of get a sense of how it's going to go. So, you know, I'll start with some of the more posed um, images at the beginning and then it becomes more playful and that, you know, it can be interactive in terms of, you know, if your dog likes to give kisses, like let's try to get that in an image and, you know, make it more interactive and fun. So I would say those those are kind of... Uh, the the workflow life cycle of you know before the shoot and then into the shoot for I know we talked briefly about about tips and and whatnot as far as if your dog is food motivated but are there any other things that you could lend as far as advice to people who are taking photos of their dogs and are wanting to really capture a moment with their animal even if they don't have you know all the professional photography equipment and everything what is what would be your number one go-to tip for someone wanting to take a photo of their animal? So I think it would depend if they want like like the posed family kind of image or more of a playful image. Um, so, you know, absent of just like realizing like light, it obviously impacts image quality. Aside from that, um, like if you want something that's posed, you know, my go-to tip is just first understanding how they're motivated in terms of, um, you know, treats, toys, um, certain words like, where's grandma? Or like, you know, you see that squirrel? So like they're they're at attention. Um, now, on the flip side, sometimes that can like rile a dog up and they're like, where is the squirrel? Um, so just knowing your dog um, so that if you want something that's posed, like it, you know, like nine times out of 10, if they're food motivated, like I can just have like the food over the camera so that they're focused on it. Um, so that would be more for a posed image. If it, if you want it to be like more playful, you know, how do they like to play? Like what kind of games do they like to play? Do they like, um, like throwing the ball um, and just kind of setting up that scene so that, you know, when you want to take a picture of them doing that thing that they, they're ready to go. Sam, if someone, to, I'm gonna have to oh, take sorry, those Anya. tips and I'm gonna have to take those tips into account with Ruthie because I want to get more smiley photos of her. That's my goal <laughs> for 2022. Yeah, well, I'd happy. say like Lily and Co are always very grumpy looking. So if I want them to like look happy, like just panting, I'm gonna run them around first <laughs> and then get that image. Um, otherwise, it's a lost cause. <laughs> Well, That's as really cool. we wrap as we wrap this up right now, then we're gonna we're gonna ask a few questions that I think you should be able to answer. I feel very confident on mm-hmm. our guests every time we do these rapid fires. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you need a moment to think, it's okay <laughs> too. It's all right. We're not gonna dock you on that. Um, so we'll start with the first one. Cohen and and Lily what would their favorite tv shows be oh gosh um what would it be koa would probably enjoy some kind of sports activity maybe baseball a little slow moving um 
And Lily, like, if there was a show of, like, a hamster running on a wheel, maybe that would be something. <laughs> She's just crazy. She's so quirky. <laughs> what is their individual dream meal? Meal? Uh, anything. Um, Koa loves cheese. So anything involving cheese. And then oh gosh, Lily cleans up after my daughter every day. So it's really could be anything. Um, I guess she loves, she loves peanut butter a lot. It's a good choice. If you could take a photo of them anywhere, what would the dream location of that be? Uh, I would say Hawaii, uh, obviously for selfish personal reasons, but um, they both love to swim, and I just feel like the combination of, like, having the mountains there and the beach would be ideal. And then for you personally, what is your favorite camera or lens to use? Oh, so the lens definitely for dogs. I really like the 24 to 70 millimeter just because, like, I can get, like, the wide-angle view, um, just the versatility of that. Um, cameras would depend. So like if I'm taking video, which is what I'm getting more, uh, what I'm practicing more lately, it would be the Z7, which is a mirrorless Nikon uh, camera. Uh, for everyday pictures, I use my Nikon D850. I know nothing about photography, so I'm going <laughs> to have to Google that afterwards and, and They're both see what cameras. that actually means. You can't go wrong. <laughs> And durable. I know like a little bit. And I, th those are, I think, cameras that are gear that you can bounce around a little bit too. It's not yeah. so, it is. Yeah. So and I could certainly, I mean, I certainly take images with my Z7 as well, but I, and it's very like lightweight. So like the big hype, I think, or the recent hype has been around the mirrorless cameras. So the, the Z7 is nice, lightweight. It's much easier to kind of lug around. Um, not that my D850 is that heavy, but like there is a, a little bit of a difference. So when you're going hiking or, and you have these heavy lenses, it, it can make a little bit of a difference. Well, Sam, this was fantastic. We really, <laughs> really enjoyed this. And again, just talking to somebody who's doing this type of work professionally has just been so interesting. Well, thank you. Thank you for asking me to come on. It's been uh, been a little rusty lately on my photography. So <laughs> dealing with two kids at home, it's um, it's a journey. <laughs> well, we love it. And thank you for sharing your dogs with us and with the world, really, and just adding a little bit of joy to people's timelines with their happy, goofy faces. <laughs> Even the thank grumpy you. ones are, are, are so delightful. <laughs> Yeah, I started, um, I've started using Twitter a little bit more. So I was like, I don't want to like post pictures of my kids. I was like, I'm going to focus on grumpy goldens. Like apparently there's like these Twitter <laughs> accounts of like emergency puppy, I think is one where it's like, if you just need like a pick me up, <laughs> she's like writing it down. Um, like you can go to this emergency puppy <laughs> account and see puppies. So I was like, I'm going to go opposite. Like if you need something that... <laughs> is like how you feel you can look at my grumpy goldens <laughs> thank you everyone for tuning in for listening don't forget about our patreon don't forget to follow us on instagram don't forget to like the podcast on spotify itunes whatever platform you're listening to this on so that we can continue to bring you more of our wonderful insights into this space love it anya 
Can't wait to talk to you next. Woof, woof, yeah, for the gram, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>